Two Bucks and a Nut is brought to you by Buyers Auto. Come see why it's better to buy at Buyers. Buyersauto.com. It's Two Bucks and a Nut with our two Buckeyes, original silver bullet Matt Vincus and Captain Zach Boren. And you know the nut, Torg. All right, let's get rolling. And when we did this podcast in the beginning of the year, we were talking about how six wins would be a good accomplishment from the for the Bengals, how from a play-calling standpoint they need to, you know, rookie year for Joe Burrow, they're throwing 50 times a game, uh, how they need to even it out between running and passing, uh, how next year they can take the next step, and hopefully by year three they could make a playoff run because they did have the pieces with the quarterback. Not in a million years, guys, and I don't care who you are. You could be the biggest fan in the world. And, of course, there's always homers out there who think their team's going to the Super Bowl every year. Hell, Zach, you thought the Browns were going to the playoffs when they were 1-15. So homers do happen. But let's get real. No one predicted what we saw yesterday between the Chiefs and the Bengals. I mean, no one predicted that. Well, no, even even us on this podcast earlier this year. I mean, we you know, the beginning of the season came and we were just throwing as much as we could at Zach Taylor, telling him how, you know, saying how he's not the man for the job, how he's ruining Joe Burrow, and look what he's done. You know, and and even you take you take this conversation back to even this past offseason when we were talking and we saw, you know, that they signed Hendrickson and and we kind of downplayed uh that signing. Well, look at Riley either. Reef. Riley Reef was a crap, so while he's hurt now, but I mean, that was a why are you getting a retread from Minnesota playing him at right tackle? You yeah, know, but I, still, I mean, but, even that but, signing, we but, but, but Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard awesome. together on opposite sides has made this defense so much better. They actually have a pass rush now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's been. I'm not still, I mean, yeah, they're in the Super Bowl. I'm not convinced that this is all Zach Taylor's doing, though. Um, I mean, there's been some frustrating times where you've watched him coach down the stretch and just question some of the things that he's done. And, I I mean, I, in my opinion, I think that, that Cincinnati's been winning in spite of some of his coaching calls. Um, I mean, I think it's Joe Burrow. I mean, you know, you talk about a guy who can ra- get a team to rally around him. I mean, coming back, he's a great leader. You know, he's been this kid since high school. I mean, I remember meeting him at the state championship game um, here in Columbus when he threw like, I think he threw seven touchdowns and they still lost. Um, just incredible, you know, game. But, you know, he's always kind of had that confidence and swagger around him. I mean, and they're doing it in spite of an offensive line that's still not very good. I mean, <clears throat> you got nine sacks last week. You, I mean, you were getting pressured almost immediately there's no real downfield threat of passing right now, just because the offensive line still just can't protect. And, um, and they're still doing it. I mean, it's a mystery and I'm a Bengals fan. I love watching it, but it's, it's almost like, how is this happening? How are they doing it? Yes. Hubbard and Hendrickson make a big difference on the outside, but you know, Eli Apple, like where did he come from? Cause he has been horrible every place that he's been. He had a little rough game over the weekend uh, or this Sunday, but he did just enough at the end. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. covering Tyreek Hill. You're mismatched. Yeah. I mean, let's, yeah. let's be honest. Eli yeah. Apple is not manning up on Tyreek Hill. No way. You know, but yeah. he, you know, he's been able to make some plays and make stops and makes tackles when he's had to. And you know, this secondary has been kind of piecemealed together. Uh, you know, I mean, they just they're finding a way, and and that's the, the the kind of moniker of this team. I think is they're just finding a way to get things done in spite of all the limitations that they had at the beginning of the season. 
I don't think are necessarily fixed. They're just finding a way to get it done in spite of that. You know, guys are stepping up, making big plays. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I guess the one thing you can give Zach Taylor credit for, because this seems to hamper teams like the uh, Vegas Raiders, is the the Bengals under the previous re- regime, Marvin Lewis, they were the most penalized team in the NFL. The year that Zach Taylor took over, they're the least penalized team in the NFL. So he saw a problem, said, what's my problem here outside of lack of talent, right? And a lot of the talent issues he had nothing to do with. Uh, Duke Tobin slowly taking over. The old man, you saw him yesterday. His voice is going. He's getting really old. So I I can't do anything from a personnel standpoint. Who I got is who I got. But I can take all these penalties that we're doing and stress that we need to cut them down significantly. So to me, that's good coaching. You're not jumping off sides. You're not doing that. I'll give them credit for you're You're the worst to the best in a season. That's spending a lot of time correcting a problem. Uh, yeah, I hated his play calling last year with Joe Burrow's rookie year, especially when you had Joe Mixon. And, you know, then Joe Mixon gets hurt. You have no threat of no any run game. You can't pass the ball. You can't do much. Uh, they were atrocious. A lot of people will bring up guys that, oh, they're making the – the Bengals are making the adjustments at halftime. But you guys know this better than anyone. The adjustments aren't done at halftime. They're not going in and bringing the chalkboard and, and doing everything. Those adjustments are made during the game. And they're seeing stuff during the game. And the Chiefs are kicking ass. And then they're adjusting those. And then they come out in the second half and they implement what they're learning in the first and second quarter when they're looking at those Microsoft screens and they're, you know, getting all the all the data of what's going on. And I'll tell you another thing about this game. Kansas City and the arrogance up 21 to 3. And I don't know if they're playing analytics or they thought they were going to get two plays in. But I keep seeing teams do analytics and keep getting burned. I don't give a shit. What, uh, oh, it's 58% on a fourth and one. You got to know the the (laughs) personnel, who the players are, when it's happening in the game. And I don't know if the Chiefs were cocky or what, but when you're up 21 to three in the AFC title game and there's five seconds left, kick the field goal. If they would have kicked that field goal, guys, they would have won the football game. Well, Torg, you just went on a long rant about stuff, but, you know, it's not halftime chalkboards. You're right. Once the iPads came into play on the sidelines, the entire game changed. The entire, uh, you know, the way coaches coach changed because now you're making adjustments series to series, let alone, you know, first half to second half. Now it's literally series to series. And so you're right. Those guys are, are making adjustments as the game goes on and, it was just one thing where where they executed better in the second half. But uh, to your point, it was 21 to 10 right before halftime. And they went for yeah, it thinking 10, like, yeah. okay, we're going to go up 28-10. And then we get the ball to the second half. He, that's what blew my mind. Kick the field goal. You're up 24 to 10. And you still get the ball to start the second half. I don't know what yeah. they were thinking from that standpoint. But you're right. They got cocky. Pat Mahomes, I'm sure, and those guys were trying to talk Andy Reid into it. Andy Reid wanted to go for the juggler, jugular, and guess what? It just got put right back in their face. Yeah, I mean, I think that it wasn't <clears> – I don't mind the call. I mean, you, you just ran a, a play right before that and only burned off three seconds. So you could but do you got to throw the ball in the end zone, though, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the execution. It's not the yes. play call. It's the execution. So I'm not mad at Andy Reid for for trying to run a play with five seconds. No, but you got to throw the ball in the end zone, though, Matt. He but yeah, I mean, that, that's, yeah. This, this is not Andy Reid. That's all Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, that's your MVP, Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP quarterback. He's got to be smarter than that. You can't. First of all, you don't throw it backwards, and you don't throw it anywhere except either it's going to be caught for a touchdown or it's going to be incomplete. 
and we've got two seconds left and you kick the field goal. So, I mean, I think more than anything, you look at that, that, that play and yeah, that was a momentum builder coming, being able to come out in the second half. And then you look at the way Mahomes played in the second half and just really, I mean, didn't do anything. I mean, aside from that last drive to get him a field goal to tie the game was just impotent the entire second half. I mean, it was like the last game. It was like the first time they played two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm watching the defense. I'm looking. I mean, they're not bringing pressure. They're not changing up coverages much more. I mean, it's a lot of just execution. And, and you got to wonder, you know, is Mahomes getting frustrated in that situation and just not seeing, you know, things correctly and making bad throws or making off-target throws? But, I mean, it just – it wasn't anything special that Cincinnati was doing. I mean, again, you, you watch the defense, and it wasn't, you know, a different blitz packages that they were doing from the first half. I mean, they rushed three, they rushed four, they spied Sam Hubbard, you know, they spied with the linebacker and then they brought him if, if time got too much. I mean, they didn't do anything different and yet Mahomes didn't execute in the second half at all. I think that was the main story. Well, look at, look at that, that BJ Hill uh, interception guys. And that, that BJ Hill, by the way, they got for the trade for Billy Price. Look at that run pass option they did where clearly he shouldn't have thrown that pass. I don't even know what he was thinking because if you watch that play, and I did a couple times today watching it again, uh, he, he kind of threw it right to B.J. Hill. There was no one there. That's a ball you spike in the ground. You spike at someone's feet. I don't I don't know what he was trying to do there, but that was kind of an easy play I mean, for B.J. Hill to make. You, you take the good with the bad when you've got a guy like Mahomes, and you've seen it from, from Brett Favre. You've seen it from, from – you know, Aaron Rodgers at times in his younger days, guys that have so much physical talent with their arm and different arm angles and can make throws that they shouldn't be making and, you know, overcome bad decisions with their physical talent. That's all well and good until it catches up with you. I mean, and, and it doesn't catch up with you until it catches up with you and it always catches up with you eventually. And, 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 you and know, how about the fumble he had where, it happens in this game, and it happened yeah. two or three times in the course of one game where he used bad technique, bad fundamentals, where, you know, maybe in, in a couple games ago that would have gotten by, but this time it didn't. How about when he's dropping back, guys, and he takes the sack and fumbles the ball? I mean, that's another yeah. one. Instead of just going down, he's trying to make a play, make a move, do something special when he should have just went down, and luckily for him, his offensive lineman got the football on the fumble. I mean, he made a lot of mistakes. I mean, they had a – and, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the Bengals at all. I mean, they they played a solid game. But the Chiefs, you're right. They made a lot of errors in this game. It's how can we give away a game one Yeah, but how many times have you seen Patrick Mahomes do that, run back 15 yards, shake off two defenders, yeah. and then scramble? I mean, he did it in the first half. He, he scrambled around for eight seconds and then threw a touchdown pass. So in his mind, I can do this again. That's what he does. Yeah, I thought it was weird, Zach. Did you think it was weird from a play-calling standpoint? And and I thought I was imagining that first, but then I went back and started looking like somewhere in the third quarter of all the first-down runs both teams were making. I mean, they were, there was a lot of first-down runs in this game. Tons. There were a lot of first-down yes. runs. And I, and I thought the Bengals would be building on that to go play action, go deep, yes. and they never really did. And they just kind Neither of stuck to it. No, they, they stuck to it and were running the football. But you want to know something? Hats off to Joe Mixon. Hats off to the offensive line. You know, yes, the offensive line needs to upgrade it massively in the offseason. But the way that they were able to run the football, especially down the stretch with Joe Mixon, that's what won him this football game. I mean, yeah, Joe Burrow obviously, you know, did so much. 
But, man, being able to run the football they were and get chunk after chunk, you know, in the fourth quarter and overtime, you know, they're running the football and getting 10 yards of carry in overtime. I mean, it was just they, – they literally said, hey, we're going to win this football game, and it's on Joe Mixon and our offense lines back. You know what I like, too, and I knew this was going to happen sooner or later, and I thought maybe it would happen game two against the Titans – uh, finding that extra option. I, I think the Chiefs were very smart and doubling Jamar Chase, not giving him a lot of space. But then you got a guy like T. Higgins, uh, six catches, 103 yards. I would expect in the Super Bowl, the Rams to even, all right, we're going to double uh, Chase and we're going to give help on Higgins. And Tyler Boyd might have a huge game. They got three legitimate threats from their wide receiver. Remember just a couple years ago, Tyler Boyd was their number one who they gave a big contract to at the time. I, I fully expect in this game, and, and and Burrow started looking at it, even though Higgins and Chase got more, are the same amount of catches. I think the bigger plays, I mean, Higgins had that big 44-yard catch. The bigger plays went to Higgins, and, and they weren't trying to force the ball to Chase when it wasn't there. That's just a quarterback who's taking what they're giving him and being smart. Joe Burrow, even though uh, people look at him as a second-year quarterback, He's older, though. He's 25 years old. He's a lot older than the younger quarterbacks in this game. And I think that the combination of winning a championship, playing at two college, uh, major college programs, and then two or three, something that we don't talk about a lot. He's a coach's kid. I mean, he's, he's a coach's kid. He's smart. He, he, he knows he knows the game and he knows how to win football games. He knows how to make adjustments on the fly. He's essentially another coach out there. You know, we, we could t- keep on talking about the matchup with the Chiefs and, you know, how well the offense line played. You look to the future in the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow's got to win you this game, and you're going against a defensive line of Aaron Donald and Von Miller <laughs> and some other guys who are absolutely unreal when it comes to rushing the passer. How's this offensive line going to hold up in the Super Bowl? That's where I worry about. From a, you know, from a Bengals fan's perspective, you have to protect Joe Burrow in this game. Joe Burrow is your way to win the Super Bowl, and this offensive line better come together. Don't you guys take what the 49ers did? And and Jonah Williams, uh, you know, been middle of the pack this year. Not been horrible, not been great. Uh, middle of the pack for him. But don't you look at what the 49ers did, and, and what they did with Trent Williams is they put – once the ball was snapped, they moved Trent Williams in and the left guard kind of outside to cover the defensive end. And they had Trent Williams a lot of the time, one-on-one on on Aaron Donald. Williams, you know, uh, not the healthiest guy right now with his bad ankle, but but that's what the 49ers did. And really they took Donald out of the game uh, for the majority of the game. Towards the end of the game, that last uh, that last series, you know, I, I don't think anyone thought Jimmy G was going to bring him down the field for a minute 30 anyway, maybe for a field goal at, at, at best. But I really liked how the 49ers took their best offensive lineman, moved them after the snap to take on Donald in the inside. I mean, if you're the Bengals, is it isn't your because whoever the Bengals played yesterday, I know they are moving right guards in that right side of the offensive line is brutal. You you got to do something where if, if Aaron Donald is matching up on that against your left side. I almost think you got to take Jonah Williams and he's got to take Aaron Donald one-on-one or get some help. 
Yeah, but th- there's no way you're gonna move. You're gonna move Jonah Williams. You know, Aaron yeah, move, move him after post snap. Yeah, but like but, the 49ers did. But you can't. Jonah Williams is left tackle. You just can't do it. You know the thing that the Rams were doing yesterday. They're trying to run a whole bunch of twist games up front because they realized early on in the game we're not getting to the quarterback. They're doing a good job of getting the ball out quick. So then they started going to some games, and that's where you saw Trent Williams match up on Aaron Donald a lot. But you also see is that Givens and Aaron Donald, the two defense tackles for the Rams, are constantly. You know, some guys in the NFL like the right side, like the left side, and they kind of stay there. Those two guys are switching every, you know, the, 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 the offense comes out of the huddle and they're switching left side, right side. I guarantee you Aaron Donald's going to make a living on the left side in the Super Bowl, which can be going against the right side of the, of the Bengals offense line, which Tork, you said, that's where that's the biggest question. Jackson that, Carmen's bad. They're just bad. It, it's it's bad. And, and Aaron Donald's going to be matching up with those guys, and he is just going to. I mean, that, that that's where the Bengals, from a game planning standpoint, have to be so good with getting the ball out quick. Otherwise, if you're having Joe Burrow get back there and three step drop, five step drop, it's going to be a long day for Joe. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing that you can look to <clears throat> if you're a Bengals fan is, I mean, you face two of the better pass rushes in the AFC and you still win those games. I mean, you gave up nine sacks against Tennessee with some really good edge rushers, really good in, interior guys as well. Uh, you know, I mean, you got, you got Jones on the inside for Kansas city, you know, some great edge rushers there too. You're able to survive that. So, I mean, I guess as, as horrible as this sounds, you just keep doing what you're doing because you're getting, it's yeah. working for some reason. I mean, I don't think you try to overthink this too much. I mean, You've done this now for two games. You've won the games. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're going to be in a dogfight, but I don't know that you can scheme your way out of the deficiencies on that offensive line. No. So whatever they're doing right now, I think you just stick with it and you rely on your offensive weapons to you know be able to help you out in those situations. I mean, you, you saw them trying to run some screens early on and – you know, I mean, you get Perrine running the wrong way on a screen and all yeah. kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that's 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 the stuff you're going to have to do. You're going to have to slow down Von Miller. You're going to have to you're going to have to use some screens and you're going to use some, you know, some quick throws to the outside if you can get some some lax coverage. If you can get Jalen Ramsey backing off of Jamar Chase and get him the ball quick in some space and get five or six yards. You know, that's going to be your 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 kind of quick game, and that's what you've got to do because you don't have the horses. I don't. There's no one on that offensive line that can match up with Aaron Donald. No, not. you're right. You're right. No, but, but they're even gonna have, they're gonna have trouble even matching up with Von Miller. I mean, yeah, I mean there's, there's you know, Jonah Williams maybe Isaiah Prince. I, even though he's a Buckeye, I don't know. How, I I don't like that matchup at all. Von no, Miller he shouldn't even be starting. If Riley Reef is healthy, he's the starting right tackle. Yeah, so I mean, that's, you, that's just, you right just have to go with what you're doing and and, yeah. and 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 play the game because you can't out scheme this. You can't you you can't you know figure out a way to to match up in certain ways it's just not there and it hasn't yeah, been there for the past few weeks and they've still been able to get it done Tor, the other question is riley reef going to be ready you know i don't know i've been i've been trying to look up the past couple of weeks of you know where he's at and they're really not committing to they haven't said he's out for the year you know they they haven't said they really haven't made a comment oh he's out to, for the rest of the season then they really haven't made a comment if he's out for the rest of the playoffs. And I really, quite frankly, I don't know if they really thought they were going to get this far. So they really didn't say anything like the Titans said, well, if we get to the playoffs and get a first round by Derrick Henry's back. Uh, Tampa Bay said Leonard Fournette can be back for the playoffs. 
Uh, they haven't really said anything about that. Maybe we can have an update when we do the podcast and talk more about the Super Bowl next week. But that would be a huge, huge get for the Bengals if Riley Reef can come back. And not that he's, uh, uh, you know, an all-pro caliber player, but he's an average player. He's decent. He would really help because you're right. I, You know, listen, there's – I get it. He's a Buckeye, but he's not playing well. That whole right side's not playing well. And you could be yeah. out your tight end. Your tight end could be out for the game as well. Yeah, they said that he might come back there this morning, that that uh, they got some more testing and stuff, but he might be back for the game. So who knows? Yeah, this Rams 49er game, guys, let's touch on that. Let's save our <laughs> Super Bowl breakdown and what we, you know, next week we can do Super Bowl breakdown. It looks like we're going to have more coaches in the NFL. We can talk about that. Uh, Minnesota, they cemented themselves as Sashi, uh, was it Sashi Brown with the Browns? The analytics yeah. guy, uh, yeah. Minnesota just cemented themselves as a one in thirty-one team in the next two years. Um, but we can we can break down the. Uh, no way, man! They don't get Harbaugh. Yeah, well, you know what? I'd be fine with Jim Harbaugh as a pro football coach. Ohio yeah, State's not well. in their division. You might be. No, well, Ohio State doesn't play in their division, and neither does Penn State or Michigan State. He might be okay. You know, he was. Hey, listen. Uh, Harbaugh in San Francisco, three straight years of NFC title games, and he was eight and eight his final year. I mean, he'll phase quickly. I mean, he'll burn out pretty quickly, but he'll give you instant success if that's what you're looking for. And maybe with Aaron, and they're not going to hire him, but with Aaron Rodgers out of that division, maybe that's what you want. Maybe you want that instant success for a couple years before you fade away. I, I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that he's not going to be there, though. I just, uh, I, I don't know how Harbaugh, is it a bad look if Harbaugh interviews with the team and he goes back to Michigan? Yeah, I think it's a bad luck. I think it's I think, a bad luck. I think especially him being outspoken as he is. Imagine if you're a player at Michigan right now, or even a recruit, right? Why? Why do you want to be at Michigan? You got a coach who's taking interviews. Means he doesn't fully want to be there. It means he's going back to the NFL sometime soon. Correct? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that was always kind of <clears throat> once they cut his, um, once they, he had to take the pay cut. Um, and I mean, at that time, what are you going to do? Because you you didn't have the juice to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, unless Michigan reinstates that money, I I think he's gone. I think he'll go to the NFL. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, you, you know, you you won <clears throat> you won the game this year. That I think if you didn't win that game, I, I think he was getting fired. Um, but you won that game this year. You got in the college football playoffs. You got smoked. Um, I mean, aside from the from the Ohio State win, I mean, they didn't overachieve. It, it's just been different. They the bar has been set so low for them now that they think by getting to the college football playoffs, it's you know that's the major accomplishment. That's where Michigan's supposed to be. I mean, that, yeah. that should be that should be just like Ohio State had a disappointing season because they didn't make the college football playoffs. The fact that that's not true in Michigan every season is the problem. Yeah, they, he he's underachieved there. There's no doubt about it. He's I I actually think he's going to be okay uh, with it. That's the problem. Yeah, you're right there. He'll be better in the pros than college. And then when when whoever Minnesota, I think the uh, Raiders are signing Josh McDaniels, uh, so that's not an option there. Sooner or later, he'll go back to the pros. He will burn himself out in three or four years. People will get sick of him, and then he'll figure out if he's going to coach college or or do something else. Uh, you know, every year, guys, there's a team. That's in the AFC NFC title game that doesn't make the playoffs the next year. That might be the 49ers. And Jimmy Garoppolo talked after the Absolutely. game that he th- he thinks he's played his last game there, and his stats weren't great. Uh, he outperformed Aaron Rodgers in the fourth quarter of last game. But one thing Jimmy Garoppolo does, he wins. Uh, and I think you put in Trey Lance, a rookie, with that team 
Uh, bottom line is, is you got Samuel playing running back one. I think they need a better running game. Uh, you look at Tom Compton, a journeyman right tackle, who's always been a guard, always been on the inside. They need all that defense is going to take care of itself. And depending on uh, if their coordinator leaves or not, they might have everybody back defensively. Uh, so they'll be fine there. But guys, from an offensive standpoint, when you want to compete with, uh, with a team like the Rams, when you have a minute left in the game, and you can't trust this offense to go downfield, right? I mean, you got to do some significant offensive changes on the 49ers. Yeah, but yeah, but but I still I still think the 49ers are gonna be a, a playoff team. Their defense is really good. Their their front seven can really play. And yeah, I mean, are they are they great at the quarterback position? No, but Debo Samuels, uh, uh, a great player. Brandon Ayuk's a good player. You see Elijah Mitchell coming on. Trey Sermon has been hurt all year, and he's gonna you know be healthy next year. There's a lot of pieces around here, and yeah, I mean. You're not drafting a, a quarterback, or probably even trading for one, because you got Trey Lance sitting there, and you almost have to play him next year after sitting. Oh, he's the starting there. quarterback next year, yeah, right? So, uh, you know, depending on how you treat Trey Lance and how he goes, I think for sure they still have a chance to be a playoff team. And I think you could get something for Garoppolo. If I'm a winning team right now, and I'm talking Cleveland, uh, people no are way. so so people are so <laughs> no way. But 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 Zach, where is Baker Mayfield going to take you? Uh, listen, I'm not saying Baker Mayfield, but there's no way Jimmy G. I'm not giving up anything for Jimmy G. If I'm making a play, I'm going to get Kirk Cousins. I'm going to get someone like that. Jimmy G. Listen, maybe in the playoffs hey, with Jimmy G. This year, Torg. I don't care. I'll I'll tell you this much. If Kirk Cousins was a quarterback of the 49ers last night when we were all watching that game, I would have thought there was a chance for him to go down to get a game-tying field goal, and he probably would have put a, a better uh, fourth quarter together than what Jimmy G did. Guess what? Jimmy G was that quarterback. As soon as L.A. Rams kicked that field goal, I knew there was no chance. I, I no, did, too. That's no why way. I mentioned earlier in the podcast. I didn't think he would, yeah, he would take him No down. way. So guess what? You at least want someone that gives you a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think San Francisco's in trouble. I mean, I, I do, too. They do have a good defense, and that'll get you. <clears throat> that'll get you somewhere. I don't think it gets you back to the playoffs, especially in that division, when you've got, um, you know, when you've got the team that's going to the Super Bowl in that division as well. Um, I, I think that that's going to be tough for them because I think Trey Lance is an absolute dumpster fire waiting to happen. I, I think agree. that he is a turnover machine waiting to happen, and just I still can't believe that they they picked him. I mean. If, when you go back and watch him, I mean, again, could be totally wrong about this. He might turn out to be the next coming. But you, I watched him in college at North Dakota State in the one game that he played. And then I watched his workout where he overthrew the ball all the time in his NFL workout. And this guy's like, oh, he's got such a great arm. Like, that's awesome. But he can't hit a receiver. So that doesn't do you any good. You watch him in the preseason. I mean, he, I think he had, you know, the the one big, long touchdown pass on a broken coverage and, you know, some other plays with his legs, but he is not the answer for, for you. And, and they beat the Texans. That I mean, yeah. they, they beat the Texans. They lost to the Cardinals in Seattle when he played. Those yeah, were so his I mean, three games. It's it's going to be pretty rough for, for San Francisco going forward because you're right, they do have those weapons. But, I mean, we've seen – you can get by with a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes and, you know, doesn't turn the ball over and is just functional. I mean, and you know, the Browns are, were 
I mean, they're on the cusp of a playoff again this year with Baker Mayfield, and he's functional. I don't believe Trey Lance is that. I believe he's a hindrance to them. I believe he's going to turn the ball over, make mistakes, put the defense in bad position multiple times in a game, and that's going to cost them. And I don't think they make it back in. And as far as what Cleveland needs to get, I think that, man, I mean, yeah, Baker Mayfield is not your answer. Um, But who is? Aaron Rodgers ain't showing up in Cleveland. Aaron Rodgers might show up in Tampa Bay, but he ain't showing up in Cleveland. Might show up in Denver. Yeah, eh, I don't know. You know, but but guys, someone made this point on social media, and I I, forgive me who I get credit for. But you look at the Rams; they haven't had a first round pick since 2018. They won't have a first round pick till 2024, uh, 2024. Who gives a crap about first round picks when you think of the Rams? Okay, think of the Browns on paper. On paper, you look at that team and you say top ten defense. Uh, You look at the offense. Offensive line, healthy, best offensive line in football. Best running back combo, right? So why not go all in and say to Seattle, hey, you want two first, you want a second, you want a third? Here it is because we want Russell Wilson. And by the way, they do have the money. They have $37 million and there's ways that they can clear up a lot. Landry Jones, $15 million. The center, another $8 million. They have three players that can cut and get another $25, $30 million. So they have the money. So this, oh, you can't have Baker and another quarterback is just an excuse for not going after it. But if you look what the Rams have done, they had a team on paper where they felt they were close. Okay, we're really close. What do we need to fill the gap? Well, we need a quarterback. We need another pass rusher. Um, I, I think they lost someone during the season. Didn't they lose someone last year, Robert Quinn or someone who was a, who was a pass rusher? Did they have Clay Matthews Jr. there? No. At no. one point. Or maybe I'm no. thinking of Robert Quinn. They had another pass rusher that they needed to replace. They needed a corner. They went out and traded for uh, uh, Ramsey, right? They traded two first-round yeah. picks. So they realized, hey, we're close, but if we could just add a few pieces, we're there. So let's trade the first-round picks, and let's get close. And that's what they did. Who cares about first-round picks? The NFL window closes super quick. Look at the Eagles from a couple years ago. They went from Super Bowl to horseshit to kind of respectable now because they play in a horseshit division. But the Browns on paper are this close. And if you're not willing to say, hey, we'd make the playoffs if we didn't have this shit quarterback, because let's get real, he is below average. So what do we do? We throw whatever we take. Seattle might be in a rebuilding year. Two firsts, two seconds. In the in the grand scheme of things, who cares if you win a Super Bowl? Oh, we don't have two first round picks. Do you think the Rams are complaining they don't have a first round pick for six years? No, no they're I, not complaining. But but this is what I said last week on the podcast. This is what I said. If if I'm the Browns, I'd go after Russell Wilson. That's what I do. Yeah, and throw whatever you need. Yeah, yes. Throw throw whatever you need at him. Granted, I would try to do everything to protect this year's first because you know all the all all the But that's gonna protection. get them the better quarterback, Zach, because they pick thirteenth. Because once they realize they're going to look at what the Lions have right now with Matt Stafford, where they're picking at the end of the round, no one wants that. They're looking at that 13th pick and they're saying, well, I don't want to pick, I don't want pick number 25 and 30. You know, why would I do it for first round pick two guys at the end of the first round? I want that pick 13. That pick 13 is going to be the the carrot they're going to dangle and they're going to bite on that. Yeah, it, it is, but you could also, but you could also, th- ones if you threw in Baker, ones if you threw in Baker and some future first and a future second, right? I mean, it, you don't have to give up this year's first round pick. I think you could throw out two future first round picks, you know, maybe your second this year, which would be a good pick, another future second, and throw Baker in there. Would and say, you take hey, that? Just going to get it done. Would you take that? 
I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take it either. I don't. Want I want to, your I thirteen want this year. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Pete Carroll, I don't want Baker Mayfield, and I think you're you know you're losing. I think the Russell Wilson thing. I agree with you. I think the Browns, if they want to make a move, this that's their move because Russell Wilson brings two things. He brings really good quarterback play, where you don't turn the ball over, where you're consistent where you're, you're, you know, you can hit your receivers and he brings a different culture to the locker room and they still need that. They still need it. Even after getting rid of all the garbage that they had, <clears throat> all the trouble guys that they had, I'm still not convinced that locker room is a good place. I agree. And, and, and you look at how they play on Sundays and you look at the, the press conferences that they give and you just look at the effort that sometimes they're giving out on the field. It's this. It's not a good place, and I think Russell Wilson is a difference maker in that respect. He can make that locker room a better place for them, and that's what they need more than anything. Because the you coach can't it. do it, and I don't think Baker Mayfield can do it because Baker needs that that chip on his shoulder, and he needs controversy, he needs friction to perform well, he needs all those things. Russell Wilson doesn't need that, and that team doesn't need that. They don't no. need that. You've you got to be it. You nailed it. You got a good, you got a good right. running game. You don't need. You don't need drama. No, you nailed it, Matt, because, you know, there's a disconnect there where Miles Garrett, I think this was week 16 or 17, says, hey, we got some issues we got to work on. Then your quarterback comes out and says, when he was told about the quote, well, we have no issues to work on. Obviously, one guy knew they had issues. One Obviously, guy did. you're the issue. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so Odell Beckham Jr., you know, I talked to two guys who cover that team every day, well-respected in that locker room. Now it comes out where Odell Beckham Jr. said stuff was going on. I didn't want to be in Cleveland. But – if you ask the players, they loved having them around. So so if you go back, what was wrong in Cleveland? It wasn't him because the players loved him. He wasn't outspoken, get me out of here like he was in New York. So what was the problem? So the Browns need to identify the problem and clean it up if they want to win. And I can guarantee you what the problem is. It's leadership and lack of leadership and the quarterback position. Those are the two things. So if you want to win – Bring in a Russell Williams, Russell Wilson, because he'll give you both at the same time. And you can't tell me from a Seattle standpoint, guys, where, where you look, and maybe Pete Carroll doesn't want to do this because he doesn't want to rebuild. But you look at Seattle had a bad season. Russell was hurt. That's part of it. But Seattle's looking at it and saying, those defensive guys that took us to the Super Bowl, they're gone now. Everybody's yeah. gone on that defense. Uh, we got a couple decent receivers. We've had a multitude of running backs coming in and out. Our quarterback's getting old, and you're going to throw us two first-round picks, uh, and, and maybe you do something where you throw in two second rounds, but it's it's optional, meaning if you go to a Super Bowl, it goes from a third to a second. You you put in stuff like that in the in the in the trade. But if you're Seattle and you say, "Wow, well, we can get two first, maybe we get a second next year, maybe a third next year," we really got to think of this deal because we're going nowhere with Russell Wilson. But we can go somewhere with tons of picks. Yeah, but but guys, you can't bring in Russell Wilson and keep Baker Mayfield. The, no, you get, rid Baker Mayfield. You, get rid of Baker. Baker's listen, part of it. You right, got to take that, the eighteen that's million. Why I think you have to include him in that package. You have you have to do something that includes him in the package that ships him to Seattle. That's the only way to do it. Or you, you could, could just three way trade it. I mean, I don't think he's going. I don't think Seattle wants him. Yeah, but, but you want to know Baker's still a young quarterback. But you know what, guys? You, could, you, you know what? You're right, though. You could do a three-way trade and you trade him somewhere else. He, getting rid of his $18 million, if he outright released him, it's still on the books. But it's not like it's going to destroy them if you look at that salary cap. You're right. Trade him, trade him in a separate deal. Trade him to Carolina for a third-round pick. Trade him to the Texans, who might want uh, Davis Mills, who might give you a fourth-round pick. 
uh, depending on what the Washington football team, maybe Washington football team gets you a second or third round. I mean, if you look what uh, what uh, the Jets got for Sam Darnold, maybe you get a little bit more than you think with a a quarterback hungry team like the Redskins. Uh, maybe the Lions. Maybe the Falcons wanting to move on. There's a lot of options to trade him. Yeah, but but you have to get him out. If you're bringing Russell Wilson in, you have to get him out. Well, I I think they'll have, if they're doing that deal, they'll have a deal in place. Yeah. I I think there's enough uh, quarterback-hungry teams in this league, especially at $18 million where his cap is. I don't think you're going to have a problem for a suitor for Baker Mayfield. You know, there's a lot of talk, guys, where, uh, you know, some executive, and it was, cowardly because he didn't name his name told sports illustrated this is the wrong offense for baker he should be in a shotgun offense like arizona and let him sling the rock maybe a team looks at that and says you know what baker's running the wrong system he'll come here and we'll put him in our system maybe denver strikes out and denver wants him yeah, I, I could see him going to Denver, you know, especially a guy, you know, a guy that's had Aaron Rodgers and, you know, been coaching Aaron Rodgers used to the shotgun so much. Maybe maybe that is a good call for him. Who knows? But my only thing is, yes, I go all in for Russell Wilson. I think if you're the Browns, your window isn't closing, but your window's now and you have to go get a quarterback in order to take advantage of it. No, I'm with you. All right. Next week, guys, let's uh, talk about the coaching hire. Let's break down this Super Bowl. I think, what did you guys see the uh, spread at? I saw it at four last time I looked. Or taking the Bengals, taking the money line. Are you? Yep. You Mark know, I'm, I'm, I am I think I might be with you there. All right, boys, we'll do it next I week. I cleaned up yesterday. I gave you all did the you? picks. I know, I know. We all came in except the one. <laughs> all right, we'll see you. All right, see you, boys. Since 1897, Myers Auto has been serving Central Ohio's transportation needs. When we first opened our doors, we sold horses. Our vehicles were fueled by oats and hay, required saddles, not seatbelts, and had shoes instead of tires. You could say we've been in the transportation business since tailgates had actual tails, all the way from horses to horsepower. Today we have 14 brands, 8 convenient locations, and over 3,000 vehicles in stock. So when you're in the market for your next vehicle, remember, buy your auto from Buyer's Auto. Get two bucks in a nut on the new QFM96 app, QFM96.com, the QFM96 Facebook page, and iTunes.